So it's episode 55 of the Nuts starring Pet Shop Betty and Shoop Dog. Let's get right to it. Where's he at, the Shoop Dog? Let me hear it. The Shoop, baby, Shoop. 55. It's episode 55. We're getting real close to one full year of our podcast. We started a few weeks after the Super Bowl last year. So this is episode 55. Obviously, we've had a couple of extra, not just one per week. That's why we're over 52. But it's double nickels. It's speed limit. It's it's uh, episode 55. And, you know, there's lots of different um, – well, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking ahead here. I, our trivia for today is going to be named poker hands because when I think of 55, I think of speed limit, which is, uh, you know, what we call 5-5 five, five in poker in the, in the hole. Everything okay over there, Shoop? Oh, yeah. Just getting the chair adjusted a little bit. Um. So let's get rolling into 55 here. I will say, you remember how we used to do errors and omissions? Yeah. So Brian Jones shouted us out. He is a big Seattle guy. And we missed a couple of peeps last couple episodes. So 53, episode 53, we, we missed Malcolm Smith. And and this being a quasi Philadelphia slash Seattle slash Minnesota sports podcast, we can't leave out Malcolm Smith. He was the Super Bowl MVP the year they won. They beat Denver, right? Or was it Denver? Yeah, yeah. They smoked Denver, right? The first the first snap of the game was over Peyton Manning's head for a safety. And the Seahawks never looked back, and they just rolled to one of the more boring Super Bowls in recent memory. But Malcolm Smith, I think, may have had two picks, or certainly a pick and a couple of sacks. Like, he was a baller that day. So absolute definite omission on our end for episode 53. And then 54, he has Bobby Wagner from Seattle. His qualifier was that, Bobby Wagner is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if I'm there. He's probably right, but we'll see, I guess. That was 54. I mean, definitely a recognizable name as a solid linebacker. Um, Legion of Boom, uh, hero. Yeah, good well, ha- Good chance. I guess it's going to... We're gonna to have to look at the st- at the stats. First ballot, I would say no. Yeah, we're gonna to have to have him on and maybe have a debate about that. And I is he still playing? I think he's still playing. So we still got five six years before we'll know if he's a first balloter. But um, you know, I like to call out our errors and omissions, and we certainly forgot those names. And we need somebody to come on and be a Seattle contingent that really pays attention to those Seattle numbers. Um, you know, focuses on Seattle numbers as I'm taking care of Philadelphia and Shoop has the rest of the damn league. Uh, so anyway, Malcolm Smith, Bobby Wagner, he actually had a couple for 55 too, but I'm going to let you first take over. So let's get into our whole. It's 55 in sports. 
I had a bit of a technical issue, so I'm going to sort of go on the fly here. But um, why don't you start us off? I mean, 55 is loaded in all sports, but 55 is probably the most noteworthy number in NFL history for historic linebackers. Uh, number one on the list, no surprise, Junior Seau. Yes. Junior Seau. Uh, go ahead. 20 years. He played 20 years in the NFL. Um, what do you do? You think of him as a Charger or a Patriot or a Dolphin? I think of him as a Charger. Yeah, I do too. Even though at the end of his career, he's able to. Uh, I, actually, I don't know if he got a ring with the Patriots. I'd have to. Re, I'd have to look into that. Um, I don't think he did. But anyways, Junior Seau played from 1990 to 2009. Rest in peace, Junior Seau. Very sad. Um, way to go out for a warrior like that but um you know the cte is real yeah we should talk about that quick because it's a sad thing it's a bit graphic but junior seau committed suicide he specifically left in his note that he thought he was fucked up from football he thought the repeated blows to his head fucked up his brain and he made him depressed and so he uh, he shot himself in the chest, specifically in his heart, so that his brain would be preserved. And he asked, he asked people, please study my brain, figure out what was wrong and fix this because it's really fucked up. So kind of a sad thing. We might as well get the other sad thing out, Shoop, since we're starting off with a bang here. Um, Chiefs parade yesterday. I haven't seen anything else other than yesterday. Um the only solace, I mean, it's another horrible uh, tragedy in our country. The only solace that I take is I think it wasn't just a rando, I'm going to go kill a bunch of people. Um, it seems like it was some sort of gang-related activity. There was some beef. There was like multiple beefs at the party, at the parade. And obviously this one escalated into somebody uh, pulling a gun out and getting shot. So horrible still, terrible. I don't know anymore if there was news that broke overnight. I don't know about it. Um, but, yes, Junior Seau, horrible end to a wonderful career. And, of course, yesterday, horrible end to a, you know, great – a day that should have been great for the Chiefs fans. Yeah, and I don't know. I I don't know all the facts thus far. You know, I think there's several videos out there. Um as you mentioned, it sounds like it was uh, not like a terroristic threat per se, but just some shit that broke out. However, it sounds like an AK-47 was used, which I don't think people just bring those casually just in case. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Um, yeah. The woman the woman who died was an adored um, radio MC in, in Kansas City, very well-known woman uh, on the radio there. I don't have her name. I should have researched that. And then over mm. 12 kids children injured by gunfire um over 22 wounded at this time and the sad thing is there's already speculation going around the air radio waves that uh this is the end of our traditional parade in terms of super bowl world series what have you 
because it's just proof that you cannot keep a million people safe. But if you use the stadium, you know, at least they have a perimeter, they have metal detectors, they can, you know, take they being like, you know, the NFL, the police, whomever's involved. Um, basically, they can ensure safety in a, in a stadium more so than an entire city. So um, I hope that's not the case. But if it is, I guess I can certainly understand. Um, two, yeah. two, shooter, two shooters are in custody, so... I hope that they are, um, I hope the law goes hard on them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they should never see the freedom of light, the, the light of day of freedom, or I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but they should spend the rest of their life in jail at best. And, you know, who knows at worst, maybe they, I don't know what Missouri laws are, but it's, it's a shame. I, I, don't, I don't even know. I turn the news off because so, I don't watch it because I, I need to not, you know, get hopped up in the news. But um, I think Canada does it right. When we when Canada has these shootings um, or even just, you know, any kind of somebody acting out, they never, ever release the name of the perpetrator. <laughs> they release the names of the victims. And that's it. And in this country, it seems like we're just fascinated with finding out who did it, you know. And so those those perps get glorified. And again, I don't even know I, I, if we if we have have we have they released the names of the perps. I don't know. I know there's video oh, floating hope... around one of the shooters getting like tackled. Um, yeah, but. Whether that whether or not they've released the names, I have no idea. I'm sure there's. Well, I hope they don't. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know what the answer is. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, yeah, you're right. It sucks that. Um, it sucks that you know this might end some of our freedoms uh, that we've been able to enjoy over the years. But uh, you know, I, I also want to keep people safe, and I actually I don't like going to things anymore that are mass like that. Uh, either I, I prefer, you know, my wife and I, we, when we went to that concert the other day, it was down in Seattle and not only were they checking bags and, and um, they weren't necessarily frisking people, but you were walking through, we had to walk through a metal detector to get into the pub. This is a pub down in Seattle. And I, I, I love it. I was like, yes, I, I'll feel safe now inside, you know? Um, so, yeah, we should probably move on because we're not uh, that kind of podcast and we're trying to bring joy and fun and laughter to you guys. But, uh, you, you know, we can't completely ignore what happened yesterday. So, Junior say yeah, good segue into sad stuff. Let's move on for some happy stuff, Shoot, What else you got? Well, the next number 55 is in the NBA, and I don't even necessarily have to say his name for you to know who I'm talking about. I just go like this. <laughs> I had him down too, and I lost some of my prep. But Dikembe Mutombo with the finger wave, I absolutely had that down. And he played for the Sixers, um, and he was 55 for the Sixers. So he obviously um, made his beans in the NBA uh, in a shirt other than the Philadelphia 76ers. But major defensive 
monster back there. A lot of fun to watch Dikembe. Uh, and everybody got excited when he got the ball outside the perimeter and tried to shoot a three-pointer. Um, what else you got to say about Dikembe? Well, again, played for 19 seasons. That's some serious wow. longevity for a big man. Um, yeah. Four-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. Three-time NBA blocks leader. So uh, not not only not only a menace uh, on defense, but a sweetheart of a guy. Every I think everybody loved yeah. Dikembe Mutombo. He was a lot of fun uh, to watch. He was a lot of fun for in, in interviews. Awesome dude. There's, I mean, I'm just gonna skip by as I mentioned earlier. 55 is littered with amazing linebackers. So I'm just gonna yeah real throw quick their names out there. Terrell Suggs, Derek Brooks, Lance Briggs. I mean, those guys were uh, all all pro guys. Some Super Bowl winners. But I don't want to skip over an important 55, and I'll I'll turn it over to you after this. But uh, number 55, the Bulldog, Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Yeah, he played 17 seasons in the bigs uh, for the Mets, Dodgers, Giants, and Indians. Now Guardians. Um, World Series champ, 1988. Cy Young winner, 1988. Three-time All-Star, uh, Gold Glove winner, and he led the National League in wins in 1998. Or excuse me, 88. 1988 may be one of the most dominant pitching uh, performances by by a player. I mean, in 1988 he won the World Series. He won the Cy Young. He won the MVP of the World Series. He was the uh, NLCS. MVP, the Gold Glove Award winner, and the NL winner, uh, that's, leader in wins. So, like, that's I don't know. Ridiculous. If, I don't know if I've ever heard of a pitcher dominating a season that way. Yeah, he really did. There's no other way to. There's no other verb to. Uh, there's no other adjective to describe it than dominating. He dominated that season. Uh, so, absolutely pod worthy. Awesome pitcher certainly had a few years where he was just absolutely lights out. I got another picture for you that's not Philadelphia. How about double five, Tim the Freak Lincecum? And yeah. I think Jones um, threw that at me as well because he's got Seattle ties. Um, I think he went to UW, so University of Washington. But he was an absolute freak in San Francisco for many years. Definitely beat the Phillies in 09. No. In 2010, 09, the Phillies lost to the world to the Yankees in the World Series. But in 2010, they lost in the NLCS to the Tim Tim Lincecum's Giants. So he was, uh, I mean, longevity not so much. He was kind of more of a, um, I wouldn't say he's a flash of pan. That's that's too harsh. You know, injuries derailed his his career too short, too quickly, and. Uh, but while he was healthy, he was as dominant as anybody in the league. And then there's another 55. Jones had uh, Brian Bosworth. Oh, and sure. I, yeah. yeah, and I agree. Yeah. And he says there's a good 30 for 30 um, 
about Brian Bosworth that I haven't seen, so I'll have to go and look that up. You got any more? No, I, I'm done with 55. There's many more I could have gone on to, but for the sake of time, we should probably proceed. Well, uh, a quick Flyers one, or Philadelphia one. So, um, Dikembe Mutombo I had written down, Ranger Suarez, current Philadelphia Phillies, um, and, you know, brought us on the brink of winning a World Series championship uh, two years ago and to the NLCS last year. And we're so we're looking for him to be a solid four, four man in the rotation or maybe five if they can shore up. Um, they're actually looking at bringing some more guys in. We'll get more and deeper into baseball previews uh, in the coming weeks. But it is exciting that pitchers and catchers have reported and teams are just starting to knock the dust off those gloves and cleats, Shoop. Are you excited for that stuff? 100%. And I don't like winter. Winter is my least favorite season. So <laughs> when I hear, when I hear you know, buzz of pitchers and catchers in spring training. and Springtime. You know, we're already prepping at work for the Twins home opener. I'm like, okay, good times, nice. good times are coming. I, I like weather, you know, West Coast guy, lived in Southern California. I appreciate good weather. And we're experiencing the warmest winter in Minnesota world history, and it's by far my favorite. It snowed about five really? inches. Yeah, it snowed about five inches last night, and that's as much that's, – that's three times as much as it snowed this entire winter. We've had huh. 30s and 40s the entire – Finally, global warming has arrived in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Well, Fine, it's everywhere else, so it's good that it got there. Uh, we can't move on from 55 without mentioning the greatest 55 in Philadelphia Eagles history, Brandon Graham. He may come back for another season. He may, he may be done, but if he is finished, he's 73 career sacks. Uh, all His whole career played in Philadelphia. I'm looking at his stats here. You know, his stats are less impressive than you would think. I mean, he's a beloved Philadelphia athlete. He always has a smile on his face. He's always trying to make somebody feel happy and good about himself. He does a ton off the field for the city and for the kids of Philadelphia. Um, 344 solo tackles in his career. Like I said, 73 sacks. So, in my mind, <clears throat> as soon as he hangs him up, nobody will ever wear 55 again. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm out of line, but I, BG, you know, just he's, he's actually mostly defensive end. He actually um, had a little bit of a stint as an outside linebacker for a while in 2015. But, um, I, you know, I'm not saying Reggie White – Ask, but he's a tier and maybe a tier and a half below Reggie White, which is still way up there. Love BG. Shout out Brandon Graham. Yeah, just looking at his Wikipedia page real quick. Here's what I like about Brandon Graham. First, uh, 13th, 13th overall pick of the first round of 2010. 10, yep. So the Eagles obviously struck gold on that pick, and he's been an Eagle the entire career. That's what I like to see. 
Uh, exactly. I love it. I love to see athletes stay in one place the whole time. It doesn't happen that often. But BG, shout out to you. You're the best. Um, I think that's all I got. There was no flyers of note and no Phillies of note besides Ranger Suarez. So <clears throat> I think we can move on to T-Dish, brother. What do you think? Shall we? T-Dish. All yeah, right. you cut out there a little bit. We'll see if T-Dish. So um, I'm really mad yes. because I – can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we're, we're having a little bit of issues, but the final video seems to upload just fine. Uh, I'll start us off, Shoop. <clears throat> I've been getting into some post-op – post-op – some post-production for the, our episodes. And my first tea dish, I'm going to throw it to a clip. It's the premiere – talking about car racing on the nuts. So it's a world exclusive nuts premiere T dish, 1976, the Daytona 500. And this happens. Extremely important. I don't believe that you have to tell Richard Fetty to keep his eyes in the rear vision mirror. I reckon he's throwing out of the window right now. I don't think he's even interested, but there they go, and they're coming Everybody the is standing here at the Daytona International Speedway. Look at David Pearson. He has moved closer. Can he do it? He's going to pull out now. He's going to try for the top. I don't know. He's down on the inside. He's, he's even. He's got the lead, but there's a car ahead of them. There's a slower car ahead of them, and Richard Petty and Pearson go high. Pearson now has the lead. Petty tries That's to go Petty. back down on the inside as they come out of the fourth turn. They only have about... 750 yards to go. Oh! It's a straightaway. They did hit. Oh! Teddy smashes into the wall. Will he come across the start-finish line? He's going to win the race. He's going to win it spinning as he, I believe, will take the checkered flag. No, he did not make it. He is less than 100 yards from it. Here comes Pearson. Pearson is going to try to make it across the finish line. Teddy has his car going. Pearson's going to win it. Oh, Bashman, Bangle, he wins the race. What a Unbelievable because here is Richard Petty, not more than maybe 150 feet from it. What that was, shoot, it was a really fun clip. I, I, I don't really know sports racing, car racing at all. But in the Daytona 500 T Dish 1976, Richard Petty and David Pearson were 1-2 in the final lap. And as you saw in the clip, Pearson um, overtakes Petty in the second-to-last turn, and then Petty tries to fire back. They collide and hit the wall and then go down into the infield, and they had a, such a huge lead on the rest of the field. They were, like, over two laps ahead of everybody else. So literally, it was whatever car that just crashed could get their way past the um, the start, the, the finish line, right? So Richard Petty, actually, his car stalled, and he can't restart it. And so you see in the clip a bunch of his pit crew come running out and try to push his car past the finish line. But Pearson, who's front end all busted up, 
gets is able to restart his car and drive back onto the track and get through the finish line. So Pearson actually wins coming from behind on the final lap. Kind of exciting. I think a lot of people say it was the most thrilling end to a Daytona 500. Um, you know, ever. That's kind of what started to really build the lure of the Daytona 500. This was 1976, so it had been going on for a while. But, um, you know, first and maybe last car racing reference of the nuts, baby. But do you know anything about the Daytona 500? I mean, maybe you remember Black Sunday 2001? Let me guess, that's when uh, Dale Earnhardt died? Exactly. So, you know, we might as well keep the bad vibes going since it's a sad episode. But um, 2001 Daytona 500, also on the final or second to final lap, Dale Earnhardt crashes into the car, suffers a skull injury and dies uh, later or at night, might even have been instantly. So scary stuff, dangerous sport. Richard Petty, David Pearson, shout out to those guys. T-Dish. Yeah, well. Uh, I've got some tea dish. Okay. Um, this day in sports, 1978. Mm, I think Leon, I have this one too. Leon Spinks defeats Muhammad Ali in 15 rounds to win the world heavyweight title. Yeah, I researched this last night, Shoop. Um, Spinks and Ali fought twice that year. And... In this first fight that was on February 15th of 1978, Spinks beats Ali in a decision, and they actually have, they award the 15th round of that fight, the fight of, or the round of the year. So actually, I'm going to throw it to just a couple of seconds, maybe a minute or so of that fight, because I watched it last night, and it is insane. So why don't we throw it to that? That was crazy, Shoop. I mean, they were just throwing haymakers, almost no defense, just an all head hunting. I think Ali had a couple of body shots, but for the most part, they're just head hunting, no D, just balls to the wall, a- absolute brawl. Great, great T dish. It must have been pretty late in Ali's career as well. It was, however, later on this same year in 1978, in August, I want to say, they have a rematch and Ali um, beats 
thinks. And, and so Ali had a real specific, you're right. There's no doubt you're right, but he actually had more fights after this, but, um, he had a real specific game plan for the second fight. He kind of went in, he jabbed, he threw a right. And as he threw his right, he just hooked Spinks and kind of held him close. So in the first fight, Spinks was real spry and dancing around the entire time and kept, you know, stayed on the outside and scored all the whole fight. And Ali said that can't happen. And he just made it a real close, more boring, um, you know, holding and, and scoring while he could on the inside kind of a fight. And, and it worked. And Ali uh, went on to beat Spinks that second fight. Very cool. Very cool. Ali, Ali, uh, guy liked to fight. Clearly he fought late into his what late thirties, early forties. Yeah. Well, if you're interested about Muhammad Ali and the end of his career, there is for my money, there is no better 30 for 30 than the one about Ali. I think it's called Larry Holmes and Muhammad Ali or something like that. And it's just unbelievable. Ali obviously fought way past when he should have. Um, That's, you know, we don't need to debate that at all. But just the psyche of, you know, as a guy growing up in those times and all the money he made and all the fame he had, I mean, really, he thought to himself, I got nothing else, right? Like, this is what I do. And he just kind of went on. It's just another, this is, this is one of our saddest episodes ever. <laughs> we need to, we need to maybe uh, switch things around here and talk some happy stuff. But um, uh, what else? Go ahead. I, got one more, I got one more somber moment in 1996. Right. In 1996, the Cleveland Browns fire head coach Bill Belichick. Yeah. After going 36 and 44 with the team. So let's see, 36 and 44, that's 80 games, which is what, six seasons or five seasons or something like that? I think it's five yeah. seasons. So, well, I'm not sure that's year, so somber because – go ahead, go ahead, finish up. Well, I was going to say, right now, this year and in 1996, are the last two times the hoodie has been unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it certainly wasn't bad for Patriots fan. I think he – so he – he that was the Browns he got fired from or the Jets, did you say? The Browns. Right. I think he went to the Jets for a brief time and then obviously on to New England – um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's kind of curious that he doesn't have a job still, right, Shu? I mean, in a way, but he is 72 years old. I think at this point, to be frank, I think he's more valuable as an advisor or a front office guy than on the sidelines coach. But maybe hmm. I'm wrong. Maybe 72 isn't nearly as old as it maybe once was or what it sounds Seventy-two is the new forty-two, baby. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, you skipped over one. Nineteen eighty-four slash five. It's uh, it's actually I think it's nineteen eighty-four, but they call it the nineteen eighty-five World Chess Championship match between Anatoly Karpov and Gary Kasparov. Now here's the thing: it is a little bit noteworthy because they abandoned the match on this day in nineteen eighty-four and then picked it up in eighty-five. And it actually changed chess for the better. Back then, 
in 84, they started, they sat down and they said, Hey, whoever wins, uh, I think it was 21 games. We're just going to play games until whoever wins 21 games. And if you drew or had a tie in the game, it didn't count as a win or even a half of a win. So that match just went on and on and on and on and on and on, and they never got a winner. Excuse me. So they abandoned it, and then they came back, and then starting on that next match, they said, we're going to play 24 games, and that's the end of it. If it's 12-12 at the end, then the champ retains his belt. Um, but if the challenger has won 12 and a half or more, 13 game, you know, and then they give – half a point for a draw. So it actually did change chess, the way chess, chess championships were played. So I thought it was noteworthy. Yeah. We're a big chess podcast. <laughs> I am. I have fucking chess tattooed on me. I mean, come on. We are a yeah. chess podcast. Is that um, a queen or is that a rook? What is that? A knight? It's a queen. It's a queen. Yeah. It actually has TJ Thank you. It has TJM um, on there, kind of subtly. It has my wife's initials as she is my queen. True. Don't you get it? Oh, I like that. Shit, I better yeah. go get one. You better. Um, also, 1996, you mentioned Bill Belichick, but Tommy the Duke Morrison died. Boxing legend Tommy Morrison. Uh, he, His death is um, controversial to to say wow. at, at, at best, he, he announced that he had AIDS, but then his wife disputed he had AIDS, but then his mom said for sure he does have AIDS. And then when he died, it was more of a cardiac issue and not an immune deficiency. So who knows really who cares? It's his business. Um, but certainly no newsworthy. Tommy Morrison dies T dish 1996. Uh, did you have anything else, or did you? Is that it? No, I'm I'm out of tea dish. Yeah, there were a couple of Wayne Gretzky things. I he, I think he had seven assists, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but w nothing too crazy. Um, so I think we can just wrap up tea dish now. I'm really frustrated because, like I said four times now, I did a bunch of preparation last night on my podcast sheet. Uh, I use a I use a little uh, Google Sheets. To, to kind of have everything down and I lost it all. So I didn't realize it until we sat down to tape this episode. So um, that does let's, wrap up. Go ahead. Let's talk about that shirt you're wearing today. I'm, I'm digging that shirt. What do you call that? Is that Sedona print or what do we got there? What I call this is it was cold this morning and I had to take my car into the shop. So I threw this motherfucker on over my flyers. <laughs> orange shirt. <laughs> But no, so, it's very nice. I like it. I, I like oh, thank the, you. Uh, the what do you? I don't even. Is it a? Is it a Native American print? Is it? What do you call that? You're asking the wrong ombre. What print well, this is? Because I've never identified a print in my life. For any of our fashionistas watching, please comment on the attire. Let us know. Pet shop is rocking today. Let us know I, what print that is, baby. I have a shirt similar to that. I think I'll wear it next week. I think I missed an opportunity shoot when you brought this up. I should have gone this old thing <laughs> as the standard answer. Uh, but that does wrap up our whole cards. Shoot 
for flop, I got Super Bowl reaction. I got X's and O's. I got legacy. I got bounce back stuff. I got early saves for next year. Let's just chat for a couple of minutes. Uh, what do you think about the Super Bowl? Et cetera, et cetera. Shanahan blows his third double-digit lead in Super Bowls, and they fire their D coordinator, Steve Wilkes, after one year. That was sad. Um, Interesting. The 49ers, that was their game to win. You cannot give Patrick Mahomes, you know, more chances in the game. He's going to beat you. Patrick Mahomes is great. Andy Reid is great. Travis Kelsey's great. We're, we're, we're witnessing greatness. This is a dynasty. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl after having six losses this year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Having to go on the road throughout the entire, well, excuse me, minus the game at home against uh, Miami, they were on the road. So, you know, they beat the two seed in the AFC and both the one one seed in the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl yep. being the Niners. Yep. So, um, tremendous championship team the super bowl was great i thought the halftime show with usher was amazing even my mother texted me usher's got it going on um, really so i didn't see one second of the uh super bowl halftime show i was out throwing a football but go ahead it was a wonderful super bowl we got overtime the 49ers again choked on the coin toss and the whole we wanted the ball third thing by Shanahan makes no sense at all. So, again, I think before the Super Bowl, you asked me how I thought it was going to go down, and I just said the Chiefs have been there too many times. They're comfortable. Andy Reid is um, experienced. Patrick Mahomes is experienced. And that's exactly how it shaped up. Yeah, you're – Two for two in the last two Super Bowls with your predictions, you did well. Um, you 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 predicted a four point victory by the Chiefs, um, and it was it turned out to be a three point victory. But yeah. it had they kicked the extra point, it would have been a four point. But obviously, you don't do that in overtime. Yeah. So my take is, you know, it was kind of similar to last year's Super Bowl, right? My Eagles had a ten point lead at halftime, and then Mahomes started cooking. And it's credit to Mahomes. It's credit to uh, Andy Reid. I don't even know who the Chiefs' O coordinator is, but really it's Andy Reid who's who's kind of the mastermind behind that. Um, and then of course Spagnuolo on the defensive side. The the Niners did stop stop running McCaffrey. I mean McCaffrey was McCaffrey the whole game, and you saw it early in the game, and you saw it late in the game. But in the in the meat and potatoes of the game, they they abandoned him, and I don't know why. It, it would have shortened the game. It would have you know chewed up some yardage and clock, and maybe put a couple extra points on the board. I think in the end, I was happy. I was kind of pulling for the Chiefs uh, to to knock the Niners off. Um, but very to me, very similar to last. I don't quite remember the first Super Bowl between the Niners and Chiefs. Um, it was right before the world went crazy. Um, in 2020, uh, but I think obviously it was similar game script. I think the Niners had a 10 point lead then too. Obviously, you mentioned that Shanahan has blown his third double d- digit lead. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I again, ultimately, I was pleased. But if I'm a Niners fan, I'm pulling my hair. I'm pulling the hair out of my head because we kind of abandoned what got us there 
all year. And then, yeah, let's ex- let's talk about that overtime coin toss when, in case people don't know, shoot, the Niners win the toss and they elect to take the ball, excuse me, now, remember, and I'm not sure many people know this, Shoot, but the, the playoff rules have changed. Um, the playoff overtime rules have changed. In the past, even in the playoffs, if a team got the ball first, went down the field and scored a touchdown, the game was over. Okay? That's changed. That's no longer the case. Now in overtime, in the playoffs, if a team receives the ball, walks down the field and scores a touchdown, the other team still gets one possession to try to go down the field and tie the game. Okay. So Jones and I actually just had a dispute about this as it happened in real life. The Niners win the toss in overtime and then elect to take the ball. I thought that was a major, major mistake at the time. And Jones is like, no, you want to go down and score? And I'm like, well, now you're giving Mahomes not only the knowledge of what he needs to do to win the game, but four downs to do it. Yeah. So explain to me what, what did what did Shanahan say? I didn't hear what he said. Well, the reason that he said they wanted to receive hmm. was in the event that if both teams scored, they wanted the ball third to be able to ice it. So essentially he felt uh, they could hold KC to a, to a field goal apparently. And, and, and that was not the case. They did have them fourth and one, like inside their own 30. Yeah. And Kansas City but there again, beautiful yeah. play call. Yeah. Getting and, Mahomes out in space. Yeah. So, um, Sorry, premature trivia. You know, here's the thing. You got to know you as a coaching staff, you have to, you know, you have to understand that, you know, what if you would think that they would have a segment of, of practice prior to the game? What if it goes to overtime? What do we want to do? What are the rules? What are the advantages if we win the toss? Okay, we want to go on D because like you said, being that you're guaranteed a possession, it, it's mo- it's much more advantageous to know exactly what you need to do. It, can't so. agree more. Can't agree more with that. But then also the four down, and it came into play when it was fourth and one. If Kansas City gets the ball first and they're inside their own thirty-five, and it's fourth and one, there's no way. There, there's no way they're going for it. They're punting that ball. You cannot give the Niners the ball in field goal range to win the Super Bowl. So you punt the ball and you play defense. But since the Niners scored a field goal first, the Chiefs, you know, obviously there's no other choice to go for it on fourth down. They, they gave them four downs. I, I just gravely dis- disagreed with that decision. And, and okay, I, I'm now seeing what he's saying. He's thinking one further step ahead. He's saying, okay, field goal, field goal or touchdown, touchdown, now we have the ball first to, to ice the game. Okay, fine, but, you know, you're missing the scenario that actually happened 
where you score a field goal and then you can't stop them and they go down. And they know they have four downs. They go down and, and they go down and do it. The only thing I would have wished happened better was that Kelsey scored that final touchdown. I would have won a lot of money, uh, but that maybe saved for our worst bet. Shoot. Um, well, let's wrap wanted, up here. Go ahead. What, what what I wanted to know was, say Kansas City did kick a field goal, right? And okay. say it was say it was twenty two all. Mm-hmm. So does San Francisco get the ball again, and they just get to utilize the rest of the time? Or does it reset, they do another coin toss, and there's a double overtime period? No, so essentially you play fourth quarters over and over and over and over, and there's no more coin tosses. So if the Chiefs would have kicked the game-tying field goal, regardless of the clock, the Chiefs would have kicked back off to the Niners, and the Niners go down, and and then at that point, it's sudden death. Um, So... It is a little silly to even have a clock. Really, they should probably move on from that and just, you know, just go by down and distance. Clock is irrelevant in playoff overtime football anymore. Um, really? But, you know, yeah, because there's no ties, right? You're never going to have a tie. It, it all, de- it, it, everything is determined on the field, not by the clock. Everything is determined by the result of the drive. So, they really don't even need a clock anymore. And we'll see maybe in years future, they won't have a clock and we can refer back to this video and see, see, I told you, I told you I need a clock. Well, I, I will, I'll revert to my stance on overtime football. College has it right. And the NFL is just odd. I don't, I don't understand the NFL's stance for their overtime format. The college format, which is the Kansas plan is the right way to go. But shoot, remember, what you forget is that the NFL, for better or for worse, are completely in bed with gambling companies. And they will never go to the college way because that will, regular season, playoffs, doesn't matter, that will skew the over. It'll skew the odds to the over so much that they won't do it. I mean, unless gambling, unless they write in something where you're, you're just betting on the score in regulation. And then once a game goes to overtime, all over and unders are null and void or money back or something. I don't know, but they'll never go to that because, because that, that kind of scoring can, you know, you can have 24 points scored in regulation and then have 44 points scored in o- in an overtime period. I know that's, you know, obviously your the chances of that are not high, but it's possible. And so you can't set a line at, you know, 37 and a half and then have the game go to 36 or 35 or 38 or whatever, and then the overtime just blow it crazy. It just can't happen. That's an interesting point, and you're probably right. That's that's probably the reason why we don't have um, the same. But I don't know. It's interesting. I would think there's a lot of bets on college football as well. No, you're but right, for sure. Maybe, and and, that, and I think the over is skewed there. Um, and I've I've been the, I've been both the beneficiary and the victim of overtime fucking the line. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, you know, shout out, let's finish up here. Shout out to Patty Holmes. He's 
Mahomes, Patty Mahomes. He's an absolute legend. I think at this point, shoot, we got to – I mean, for my money, he's, he's already passed Eli Manning, who's a two-time MVP Super Bowl. He's probably, in my book, really close, whether it's just ahead or just behind the legacy of Joe Montana, and pretty much only trails Tom Brady in terms of clutch, best, whatever. use whatever you want to say about Pat Mahomes. He does it in the regular season. He's now done it in the postseason three times. Absolute legend. Yeah, and, you know, right time, right place for him. Let's not forget the fact that Alex Smith had led the Chiefs to the playoffs four years in a row. So the Chiefs had a winning culture when Mahomes came in. Reed, you know, is a proven winner. They continued to uh, – you know, draft the right guys and have, you know, good pieces. And, you know, I, I thought it was crazy when I heard Patrick Mahomes was going to start for the Chiefs. But being that it was Andy Reid's decision, I'm like, clearly he knows something we don't. And what I love about Patrick Mahomes is that you can tell how much he loves the game. And he's a leader and the Chiefs respond. We've seen him play hurt like he's a family man off the field. You know, he doesn't, you know, if you want to knock him, there's like, you could say, Oh my God, he's a crybaby when he doesn't get the calls or, you know, he's got an annoying raspy voice or whatever, but like, there's not a lot that you can bitch about Patrick Mahomes. I bitched about him a few episodes ago when he was bitching about the call. Um, and I said, Patty Mahomes can eat a dick. I yeah, think that did. was, Yeah. But I, I stand behind that, and I, I, think two, I think both things can be true. He should have ate, eat, eaten a dick back then, and he's still a legend, and he's, you know, one of the greatest. But you're right. It's a great point that he walked into shit, right? He walked into uh, the opposite of shit, really. He walked into an absolute winning culture that Andy Reid had built. But you still got to make the plays. You still got to make the throws. We haven't seen anybody – you know, he's a right-handed quarterback – He's made left-handed throws like crazy. Like we have that 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 was unheard of before Pat Mahomes. I think he's thrown a few touchdown passes left-handed because of the way his body was and going down and whatever. And so he just makes the plays. So yes, walked into a winning culture. Can't d- disagree with that at all. Um, but you gotta execute. You gotta put the time in. You gotta put the work in. You gotta make the plays, and he's done that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope he stays healthy and that we get to continue to watch greatness. My son already has Mahomes fatigue. I don't because I can appreciate it now. When I was younger, you know, like when I was 10, 11 years old, you had Marino, Elway, yeah. Montana, Steve Young, Jim Kelly. Yeah. Um, you know, Randall Cunningham. Probably, yeah, Randall. Yeah. I mean, there were so many great quarterbacks that maybe I didn't appreciate it the way we I should. We took them for granted, yeah. And you're right, and it's just that's just life, right? It's maturing and and real life. Because you know, I'm a bitter Eagles fan right now. I'm still scarred from our loss this year, and so I I don't even really want to talk about football and think about, especially Andy Reid, right, winning three Super Bowls after he leaves the Eagles after he couldn't win any with the Eagles. But as I've aged, you know, you have to appreciate what they're out there doing. 
even though it's at the expense of, <laughs> of at our clubs, especially last year. Um, so you're right. It's a great point. As a 12 year old, I've been like, get Patrick Mahomes off my television. I see him on every other ad. He's, you know, ugh, puke. But as an adult, I'm like, dude's dude's good. He's, he's, out, he's out there for a reason. You could put him on any team in the NFL and they would be an automatic contender. Well, that's a great segue into what, who's our early favorites for next year, Shoop. I mean, NFL is king. We've got lots of stuff coming up, the combine, the draft, that we can talk about in coming weeks. But right now, as we sit on February 15th, 2024, who do you like for next year's Super Bowl? How do I not say Kansas City again? I mean, let's just be real. Yeah, it's hard. Um, um, I like well, Detroit. I, I will say, I think, I will say, I think if Detroit had beaten San Francisco, I think the mm. Lions would have won the Super Bowl. The Lions beat Kansas City and Arrowhead in the first game of the year, and I just think that it, it would have been their year. So I do see Detroit as a heavy favorite in the NFC next year. Um, can't ignore your Eagles. I mean, your Eagles looked at one point in the season, this they looked, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else in the NFL. And maybe that was too much success too soon. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, Baltimore. So those would be my top four. I'll say Philly, Detroit, Kansas City, Baltimore. You see the Niners having a down year after this defeat? <clears throat> and they're losing uh, they're gonna be losing a bunch of guys. Yeah, I I mean I do. I do. I mean, Me I, I, think, I think there's going to be discourse because there's going to be doubt in the head coach. There's going to be doubt in the quarterback. You know, they just they are replacing their defensive coordinator when I don't think that was even an that issue. I don't understand that move yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, you're going to get a healthy Kyler Murray back. So who knows what the Cardinals are going to be next year. Um, you know, the draft injuries, it's just, it's really too early to tell. It's crazy to, you know, bet on a favorite now, but. I know. I just wanted to throw that out there. You're absolutely right. So much. These teams change immensely over the next three or four months. So unbelievable. But shoot, that is a wrap on the NFL. NFL is king. It's king to our podcast. We thank the NFL for bringing our entertainment every week. Um, and you're right, real quick, I forgot that he had mentioned that Detroit-San Fran game. If Detroit would have beaten San Fran, it would have been a rematch from the very first game of the year to the very last game of the year. And I don't quite know if Detroit would have beaten Mahomes. I think they just get it done anyhow, but um, it would have been really interesting. And, and like I said 14 times now, I'd have had a lot more money in my back pocket. Yeah. So let's move on, Shoop Dog. I, I got to say, I already missed the NFL. Like, my life is – it's weird without football games to look forward to, without fantasy lineups to set, without bets to look into. Like, it's it's kind of sad, frankly. It is sad, but it, for me, that's the charm of it, that it is a relatively short season. And now we have to wait all year until, you know, the end of August before we're really pumped up again. And obviously the beginning of September starts the season. And, but for me, you know, like we said this, 
as we get into football, as we creep through the summer and we get closer and closer and we get into football, it's, it's fall, it's holidays, it's family, it's football. Like it's just, I I just love it. So I'm with you. I'm sad, but I, but I, I relish this downtime as part of the process. And I know that it'll be that much more exciting when we get there in the fall and God willing, we'll still be doing this stupid podcast. So we'll see you back in the fall. Uh, well, that's it. I think that's it for our flop. Uh, moving on to the turn card. I got worse bets update. And there's a huge update, Shoop. Hit me. Well, you did well. You did well. And actually, did I? Let's see if it saved. Yeah, of course it didn't save. You did. Um, let's talk it through here. And if I have to edit some of this, I'll edit it. But you won 274 in um, one bet, uh, you had a parlay. You had exactly the same bet that Iza had, believe it or not. But you did oh. it for a hundred bucks, and Billy did it for five hundred units. Oh, that's so he got Iza? he got paid off thirteen seventy four, and that shoots Iza over AK. For the lead. Now, hang on just a quick second. So you you did that win, but you then you had a different parlay that lost for a hundred, right? So I want to say you finished at one seventy four up for the weekend. I did two bets: a two hundred unit parlay on, or not parlay, two hundred unit straight bet on Purdy getting over eleven and a half. That hit. So I'm going to pay myself one eighty for that. But then I also lost my other one, which was for 100 units. So I'm just going to take it down to 80 units. So, um, shoot, you popped out on me there. Are you still with me? Yeah. There you go. So what that means – oh, this is all fucked up. Okay, here are the final tallies for worst bet. And we got to figure something out here. I may have said this last time, but this is the last worst bets window that we don't have a cool, sweet prize for. All right? This is it. Moving on, whether I get sponsored or whether I have to pay out of my own pocket, we're doing a sweet gift, some sort of prize for the worst bets winner. And this season, worst bet winner we had two guys over a thousand units, dude. You yeah. gotta come back to this channel and get your worst bets in because there's some peeps making some money here. All right, there's three of us that are in the positive. I'm sorry, four of us that are in the positive, and three of us that are in the negative. So, Iza, Iza made fifteen hundred seventy pod units, one thousand five hundred seventy. Now, to be fair. 1,300 of those came on Super Bowl Sunday when he went all in with a 500-pod unit parlay, Kansas City money line, and O under. And the under hit by half a point shoot. Yeah, I know. And and you know that in real life because you had sweet 100 real-life units, and you took home the kid's ash for that bet. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And and lucky – I'm lucky that the PAT was missed by the Jake Moody kick or in yeah. regulation. 
and yep. that they didn't make them kick the PAT in overtime, which I don't know that I understand why they don't have to kick the PAT in overtime. Well, that's the same as if you score a touchdown in regulation, regulation, regular season overtime. Same idea. Game's over. For some reason, when they instituted overtime, they just thought we don't need the extra point. So that's always been the same way. And so, but you're right. If they kick that extra point, the over hits, all the unders are upset, all the overs are happy, and it changes everything. It changes your real-life money. It changes pod units. Um, but second place, AK also made over 1,000 units. He just kept winning all year. He was slow and steady, wins the race, although this time it happened to come in second. He has 1,006 pod units, mostly – his wins come from betting against Philadelphia squads. So I don't know what that says about the state of Philadelphia sports, but AK just essentially bets against the Philadelphia teams, and he makes pod units all, all season long. Shoot, he came in third, and I shit you not, I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is our darkest, saddest episode to date. We've talked about death on at least four occasions already. Do you know what number pod units you ended up with? Uh, overall? Yes. 365. That's not very dark. I, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't follow. 666. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, I don't like that. No. You finished with 666 pod units. Pet Shop came in fourth, 464 pod units to the good. And then my sister lost money on the year. Ned lost money on the year. And are you ready for this? Dead last. You took the, you took the dead last collar last season. Dead yeah. last this year, mostly because of a $500 500 pod unit loss on Super Bowl Sunday. Mr. Brian Jones, minus 222 pod units. Jones, you lost money, you big bum. <laughs> that is the end of our pod unit uh, update. I will screenshot that and put it on our Instagram so everybody can see and laugh at everybody. Are you prepared for a best bet for this week? Yeah. All right, why don't you start? I don't have one down, but I'm going to um, get one right away. So we're, we're at zero now, correct? We are at zero. The, everything refreshes now. We'll go to a date. I'm not exactly sure when, but um, I'll, I'll update that. Go ahead. Well, I'm coming out of the gate swinging. I'm going to go three-leg parlay in the NBA tonight for 200 units. And I'm going I'm going um, T-Wolves minus the nine and a half over Portland. Uh, Milwaukee minus 11 and a half over Memphis. Both road teams, by the way. Okay. And I'm taking the Utah Jazz plus 1.5 home dog against the Dubs. So that's T Wolves, Bucks, Jazz, spreads. Oh. Um, oh, spreads. 
Yeah, so I'm coming out big. I hit this puppy. I'm up big early. I love it. I love it. Um, I am going to um, – I'm sorry, I'm doing 17 things at once. I might have to take this off. But shoot, my uh, car being in the shop, uh, they're they're asking me to change the battery and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to decline that quick. And then uh, I'm coming right back here. Hang on. I, okay. will, I will edit this out, I promise. Okay, continue. Yeah, no replace battery, replace air filter, front brakes, approve estimate. All right. Um, I'm going to take a quick peek at All right. Okay, Shoop, so we got your three-legger Against the spread NBA tonight. Thank you for that. Did you, how many units did you say? 200. That's right. You're coming out big. I'll have to match that, Shoop. I'm going to bet, I'm going to take a book, a page out of AK's book. And, and my flyers have been hot. Okay. So here's the deal with the flyers. They started out the year not so good. Then they got torridly hot. And everyone's like, start paying attention to them. We're like, holy crap. Tortorella's got this team playing great. They're young guys. They're scoring. They're playing really good defense. Um, Carter Hart and Sam Arison were a great, you know, maybe the league's best one-two punch in goaltend. And then, uh, and then right before the All-Star break, they lost five straight, and our goalie Carter Hart got fucking arrested, arrested. for rape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the plane went. However, since the break, they've come out firing, and I think they've won three, maybe even four in a row. So I'm going to take a page out of AK's book, and I'm going to bet on they're playing tonight against Toronto. They're in Toronto. I'm going to bet on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, their line is minus 165. So I'll actually double that. What's that? 200? No, 330. I will bet 330 units to win 200 nice. on the on the Toronto Maple Leafs money puck line. They just need to win the game. I feel like the Flyers are rolling, but you know regression to the mean. They can't they can't win five and six in a row outside the All Star break. And Toronto's a really good team, um, so I'm gonna go with that today. 330 units, puck line, Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're in. We're starting off good. Like I said before, peeps, get your pod units in throughout the season here, throughout the spring, throughout the summer. And I'm gonna I'm gonna secure a prize. I, I'm embarrassed. I may have said that for this year, for this past season. So maybe I need maybe I owe Isa something, but we'll figure it out and we'll definitely have a prize for next year. Next season. Very good. All right. That's worst bet updates. That brings us to our next segment, which I think is the river card. And I can't find my gosh darn list anymore. There we go. That brings us to trivia, baby. 
What happened to my speaker? I can hear. Soup, why don't you tell the folks where trivia is brought to us from? Well, we have two sponsors now. We have Hangry Kits, hangrykits.com. There is no occasion they cannot accommodate care packages, gift packages, get well packages, salty, savory, sweet, chunky, chewy, sweet, sour, E, all of the above. Whatever you need, they got it. Hangrykits.com. And beautiful. The best sports bar in Minneapolis, Minnesota, serving the community for 40 years. Lions Pub. Come see me at Lions Pub. Daily specials. Your home for Minnesota Timberwolves basketball, Minnesota Vikings football, and Minnesota Twins baseball. I love it, Shoop. And in the fall, it's Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, let's not forget the Cornhuskers. That is true. Yeah, go see Shoop Dog at Lions Pub, Minneapolis. What's the address, Shoop? 16 South 6th Street. Minneapolis, right, Minnesota. So our trivia today is, um, let me go full screen here. I looked up poker hands because, as you know, this is our 55th episode, which I immediately thought of, 5-5 five, five hole cards, which I always very lovingly call speed limit. Um, so, Shoop, I wanted to see if you knew – I'll do it both ways. I'll ask you if you know some of the names for some names, and then I'll ask you – I'll say some names and see if you know what cards they are. How about that? Yeah, I like it. All right. So, first of all, the best hand in poker, obviously you know what it is. Royal Flush. No, no, no. The best starting hand in your whole cards. Pair of aces, bullets. You got it. Okay, perfect. So you just went with one. Bullets. There's actually three names for a pair of aces in your hole cards. Did you know what they are? You have you already got one. Bullets. Pocket Rockets. Pocket Rockets is another one. Good. Any how about the third one? Uh I can't think of it. Yeah, it's American Airlines, obviously AA. Oh, I like that. Okay. How about uh, how about pocket kings? Do you know what they're referred to as? Cowboys. Very good, cowboys. Um, they think it literally it's because they sound they start with the same K name K sound is what nobody knows why kings are called cowboys other than k kings k cowboys. Who knows? Uh, but there is another name that they're referred to. It's kind of I don't think you'll know this, so I'm just going to throw it out there. It's called. They're also called ace magnets. And what that means is, inevitably, when you get dealt king-king in your hand, you don't want to see an ace come on the board um, so as to the, uh, the, the, the possibility of pairing one of your opponents that's holding an ace. And so they're called ace magnets because inevitably, and especially in my games up at Rubens, when I have kings, there's always aces on the flop, and somebody's holding, you know, ace rag, and they they take me down, and they beat my cowboys. So, uh, okay, how about queens? Do you know what those are called? Ladies. Ladies, very good. Jacks? 
Um, Jake's. No, nah, well, I mean, you can you can call them Jake's, but um, in terms of official poker names, they're called Hooks. I guess because of the J looking like a fish hook. Uh, pocket tens are dimes. How about pocket nines? Can you come up with any name for pocket nine? Gretzky. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gretzky. Uh, uh, I love that. Um, eights are snowmen or Dale Jr. Named after the 88 car of Dale Jr. Uh, so cool. Dale, Dale Earnhardt getting all kinds of love today. Um, and then I, I want to skip a couple. Obviously, pocket fives are uh, known as nickels or speed limit. There's another name they gave them. It's called Presto. and But that's like way back, way, way back in the 70s they were called that or something. And nobody really knows why they're called that. Uh, pocket fours are called Luke Skywalker because may the fours be with you. I don't know. Never heard that, but. That's funny. Trays and deuces, of course. Now, how about this? Do you know? I'll switch it up on you a little bit for these. Do you know what Big Slick is? No. Big Slick is Ace King. Oh. Can be can be um, suited or not, but Ace King is known as Big. Actually, Ace King has a couple of um, of names. One of the, one of the ones I love is called the Anna Kornikova. And not oh, nice. so much, not just because AK for AK Anna Kornikova, but also because AK Ace King looks good but hardly ever wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Um, and then a couple more here. I know that Jack Five, whether suited or not, is called Motown or Jack oh. Five. Both referring Very to the cool. same thing. Yep. Um, Jones and I love these named hands. All right. How about, Shoop, what hand is nicknamed Dolly Parton? Oh, my gosh. Um, something resembling big boobs, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, I thought you might go there, which is why I asked. But, no, it has nothing to, nothing to do with her appearance. Really? Right. Uh, I don't. I I queen nine. Hey, you got half right. It's nine five, which is not a very good starting poker oh, hand. Working nine to five. But her famous song, working nine to five, exactly. <laughs> uh, and right. that actually, Jones and I have used that many, many times. Um, and then okay, and then just a couple of um, not no longer just whole cards, but for the for what you make. So your whole, um, you know, the, the poker hand that you end up with. I thought aces and eights and all black. So ace of spades, ace of clubs, and then eight of spades, eight of clubs is called the dead man's hand. And because yeah. there's a let, you heard about that with wild Bill Hickok. He yeah. had, he had aces and eights when he was shot and killed. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Of course, Broadway, you're familiar with Broadway, aren't you? No. Broadway is a straight from 10 all the way to ace. It takes you all the way up to where, as far as you can get Broadway kind of thing. Um, and then a favorite one that I never even heard of. If I say, oh, I've got a golf bag. A golf bag means an all, uh, it's a flush, 
but with clubs. So you got all clubs oh. in your hand. Yeah. I don't know. That's a little like bit of fun. And then if you have if you have three sevens, I guess it's also nicknamed uh, jackpot. Anyhow, just that's some, cool. I like that. Yeah, just some poker fun. Blah 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 blah. We should move on a little bit here, Shoop. Um, I I do want to get to. Uh, I have I have just one fun thing in showdown, but for a river, you know, we we mentioned it quickly. Major League Baseball. Pitchers and catchers are showing up this week. They're knocking the dust and the rust off of their cleats and their gloves, and we're starting to hear the sound of that ball hitting the glove, hitting that leather. You have any early thoughts on baseball season, on some teams, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I mean, you got to look at the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, they just got Shohei Otani and then some amazing pitcher out of <laughs> Japan, and they've been knocking on the door for years. Um, they're loaded. Got to think they're going to be there. Atlanta Braves, you know, statistically, were one of the best teams of the year last year until they met your fills. Mm-hmm. Um, on the American League side, um, it's okay Minnesota if you're Twins. not. Yeah, there we go. Minnesota, Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins looking to uh, they, they're said to have the best bullpen in baseball so hopefully they can take advantage of having a really shitty division again and um, I don't know who knows they you know they won a series last year so I would imagine we, you know we'd be looking to get right back into the postseason build I, on I don't that know, yeah I, I don't I don't know much other than that what do you have for major league baseball preview yeah not a whole lot I'm Mostly I'm depressed that the Dodgers are in the National League and the Phillies are going to have to go through those guys. Um, the Phillies are still looking to make some off-season moves here before the season starts. Um, so it's probably not fair for either one of us to really break it down too in-depth because there's still so much that has to go on. Um, there's still so many chips to fall in place, so to speak. So um, – you know, obviously I'm gonna all I'm all into my Phillies, but I cannot absolutely cannot deny what they got going on over there in L.A. So we'll see. We'll get into it a little bit more, Shoop. Um, I need to do some research on the on the American League as well. I'm hoping that the Mariners come back as a as the young team that they were, but I think um, people aren't as optimistic as they were going into last season. And then uh, you mentioned the NBA a little bit with the, with your worst bets. I talked about the Flyers. It's probably time now, right, Shoop? We don't have to break it down this episode, but you and I both need to, um, I don't know, maybe do some – I mean, I, I, I'm tuned into my Flyers and my Sixers, but in terms of the rest of the league, in order to sit down and talk about it, we sort of maybe need to uh, to to do a little bit of work. But it's at this point, you got March Madness coming up, college hoops, right? But besides that, it's the press now for both NHL and the NBA to get into the playoffs, to set yourself up. I, 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 I'm depressed again talking about the Sixers because Joel Embiid got hurt. Who knows if he's even coming back? 
The Sixers added a bunch of pieces in the last couple of days. They added Buddy Heald. They added Kyle Lowry. So I should be excited and all puffed up about the Sixers. But everybody knows it just completely revolves around Joe. And he just had a meniscus tear or, or some sort of meniscus procedure. And some people think he might not even be ready for the playoffs. So I want to just put my head under a pillow and scream, but we need to, we are a sports podcast. It's not just about the NFL shoot. We need to do some work. Yeah, no question. And uh, that, you know, along with all of that, you mentioned the Timberwolves are, it's time to look at them and, and, and see them as a legit threat in the West. They've spent the majority of the first half of the season as the number one seed. That's right. We were going to have a debate, and I'm not prepared to do that right now, but maybe we'll set it up for next week. Are the T-Wolves to be to be uh, respected? I mean, obviously you have to respect them where, where they're sitting in the standings, but there are lots of teams that are lurking in that West Western Conference that are ready to – I don't know if I see the T-Wolves making a deep run in the playoffs, but we'll debate it more next week. What do you think? Well, I mean, I can see why you say that. Sorry, I have to charge all my phone. Of, all kinds of stuff say. going on over there. I mean, yeah, it's it's easy for everyone to doubt the Timberwolves, but, I mean, the fact remains they've got one of the best up-and-coming players in Anthony Edwards. They've got two of the best big men in the game in Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. They've got a couple really good pieces to go along with that. Um, Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, um, what's the other kid's name? Jalen McDaniels, I believe. Anyways, I'm sorry, but if you spend 80% of the first half of the season in first place, it's time to take a hard look. So, um, that's all I'll say about that for now. I'll have more you, back to, to support that next week. Are you charged up? Well, it's very exciting, you know, obviously for me, business-wise. And and two... I met on I mean, you. Is your phone charged up? Oh, it's... it's <laughs> yeah. But, but finish that. You're excited for uh, the T-Wolves and for your business is uh, obviously very important for them to be... You know, if they're playing every other night on television and you got people in there to watch the game, that's exciting. Yeah, and I think, I, you know, I'm not going to go crazy and say they're going to win the uh, NBA Finals, but I do expect them to win a series this year and be okay. in, the, in the thick of things. Okay, I love it. Um, I don't have a whole lot on the NHL besides what I talked about the Flyers. We'll get into that as we get going here. How about um, Showdown Shoot? I don't have a nutty Netflix recommendation so much as I have a recommendation for watching for stuff this weekend. And it's specifically Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. He's back. He's playing in the Genesis Invitational. In fact, I believe he's teeing off almost as we speak here on hole one at Genesis Invitational. I will be hanging up and putting that on my television. Hopefully, Tiger makes a cut and gets four rounds under his belt. Um, I don't see him winning this this weekend's tournament, obviously, but I want to see him back. I want to see him competing. I want to see him swinging freely. And you know what's lurking around the corner in sports every spring, a tradition like no another. The Masters is only about six weeks away. Cannot wait for the Masters. 
we'll definitely cover that here. Um, so, Shoop, I'll give you an, uh, an opportunity for a, a reco there, but I had a quick game recommendation, not one that we could play right now, but I'll, I'll explain. Do you have a reco? Um, yeah, something I watched last night that I really enjoyed. It's a 30 for 30. It's called uh, The Four Falls of Buffalo, and it highlights the uh, four consecutive so losses of the Buffalo so good. Bills. Starting and, off with Norwood wide right. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is um, per that kick, it was a 47-yard kick, and it had enough leg, I'm not kidding you, for 65 yards. And I don't know, the ball just it just looked like looked like it was going in, and all of a sudden it veered out. It's a wild deal. And the fact that the Buffalo Bills were able to go to the Super Bowl for four straight years, I think you have to consider that a dynasty. I feel like I've made this argument before. It's odd and crazy that they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they also played some, like, great teams. Like, they yeah. probably should have won that first one. Right. But, I mean, they lost to the Redskins, who had an incredible season. and then the Giants, Dallas- Redskins, Cowboys, Cowboys, all NFC yeah. East teams, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, I should get my buddy Buffalo, who is yeah, our age. Guy. Yeah, and have him talk about that because that. So if you're listening, you should watch that. Look that up. Four Falls of Buffalo, and then um, maybe we can get Buffalo on the on the pod. Have him talk about that. He's quite a character. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure our followers would would love him. I remember um, I, him from your wedding a hundred years ago. Oh, that's right. He did. He sing something. Um, I, I I don't remember that part, but I remember just you know <laughs> giving him shit about the bills or whatever. I think he sang Digital Underground Humpty Dance, and he he like took the mic and danced on the song. dance floor. Yeah, and just did it. he because he knows every word. It, he either sang that or he sang Ice Ice Baby, but that's the kind of guy we were getting. Um, okay, so my quick last thing is there. Shout out to Audrey, my my youngest. You remember how Wordle um, became a sensation? I don't know, eighteen months ago or so. Sure. Everybody was doing Wordle and sending out, you know, how how many tries it got them. Well, whoever created Wordle sold it to. Um, sold their idea to the New York Times. The New York Times has run with it ever since. Well, the New York Times has a couple other games. And she showed me this game that I, I'm hooked on. And, and you guys should look it up. It's called Connections. And they, they throw out 16 words. They're just one words, single words, proper English. And there are, within those 16, there are, four groups of four, but you don't know how they're grouped. And they're so clever because you see a couple and you think, oh, milk, right? Like whole skim, uh, soy. And I'm like, oh, these are milks. Boom, boom, boom. But it's not right. They, they're so clever with, they, you know, the whole and the skim and the soy were completely different and had nothing to do with milk. So look it up. I'm pretty sure... It's browser only. So if you're using your phone, just just search for Connection New York Times, and I'm sure you'll find it. 
Um, but also I thought about putting together a sports connection. So unfortunately I haven't, I don't have it down for today. I started it last night, but I couldn't finish it for today's episode, but look for that in coming episodes. And in the meantime, look that up. It's a really fun word game. So that's my recommendation for the week. Sweet connections. Yeah. Yeah. And they do the same as world. They do like, one puzzle per day so you can't overload on them i think it's possible to go and do a couple of the old ones um but you know once you kind of up to speed then you just do one a day it helps your brain keeps you anyway that's my reco you got any suck outs for the week shoot uh yeah i do okay and it is it is golf related uh-oh um jordan spieth and a couple other golfers were throwing a tantrum about the uh, gallery in Scottsdale for the Waste Management Open. That's not a gallery. Whatever you call them. <laughs> That's a I'm romper just, room. Okay. In my opinion. I didn't hear his beef, so this is all new to me. Oh, yeah. there's There was... I think it was Billy Horschel, Jordan Spieth, and somebody else. They just got pissed off about, you know, people being crazy during back swings. And um, it was an ESPN article. Basically, the golfers were saying, like, okay, it's gotten a little wild here. This started as, like, the 16th hole was, like, the party hole. And now, like, they had to actually stop selling alcohol during the tournament last week because of unruly fan behavior. But – I think the PGA should lean into that and maybe look into having other events that are just wild and crazy. Like, I really – like, are you kidding me? In the NBA, when you shoot a free throw – They're going crazy. A glass, a glass backboard. And yeah. Let's, let's not forget that the, the charity stripe is 15 feet from the, from the hoop, and then you go back another 10 feet, and you've got fans. Yeah. And they're making the most noise that they ever make and these guys are making free throws with high stakes on the line. And then you got these pussies playing tennis and golf that are yeah. quiet, pleased in my back. Yeah, every, fuck up. every sport but tennis and golf. You're right, man. Give it to them. It's ridiculous. Like, get better. Focus hard. You know, let the crowd cheer. Like, I just don't like the fact that tennis and golf is so affluent and so preppy and so prim and proper. It's like, get out of here. I'll never be a fan of either of them primarily for that reason. Well, I'm a fan of both of those sports, but I can't. I'm not can't, a country I, club kid. I agree with you more. I'm not a country club kid either, certainly. Um, but I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I can't agree with you more. There are a bunch of pussies. I didn't hear what Spieth and Billy Ho had to say but I disagree with what they're saying. And I agree with you get over yourself. I mean, it's one hole. It's, it's part of the sport now, right? I think it's so much fun to see that craziness. Jones who has been on this podcast has been there and he said he got as drunk as he's ever been. um, (laughs) And just, just acting a fool the whole time. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Shut up boys. And, you know, I'm tired of these golfers bitching anyway. Like, sometimes they bitch about course conditions, like grass or, or, or the green being too fast. Dude, you can come in 45th on the weekend and get paid $38,000. Like, 
Like, get over yourself. Like, seriously, get over yourself. You make more money in a half a season than most people do their entire lives. You have to stop bitching. Just so, go out, play, roll with the punches. If one of the punches is an unruly, loud crowd during one hole during your precious tournament, deal with it. If another one of your punches is really fast greens or it's like putting on a driveway, deal with it. Everybody's dealing with it. It's not like you're the only one that's dealing with it. Everybody who's out there trying to take your money, trying to beat you down, is dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. So get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm with you, brother. I'm glad we're eye to eye on that one. We're eye we're to eye. I don't have a, a suck out, so we can wrap up. Um, apologies to our listeners. I had a whole bunch of preparation stuff that just left me. Until I, I think we 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 uh, re rolled with it pretty well here, but I definitely had some more things I wanted to talk about. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Hangry Kits and Lions Pub appreciate the sponsorships. And shoot, let's roll us out of here, brother. <laughs>